like to welcome all the new people here. There's a lot of new people here. Glad you're here. We have a membership class after this class, after this church, and I'm going to do a Q&A with you. I'd love to have you there and see you there. It's okay if you haven't signed up for it. Just go down the hall, and boom, you're there. Love to meet with you. Do a little Q&A. It's going to be awesome. Hey, before we get started, I just want to let you know that there's a lot going on in my life. I wish I could preach to you and not have to give personal illustrations. I could give us illustrations of other parents dealing with stuff. There's a lot going on. So if I seem a little awkward up here at times, there's a lot of craziness going on in my family at times, and me personally. So I feel like the evil one's out to get me at times. So if I seem like I'm a little awkward up here, I'm sorry. And if you're new this morning, don't be frightened. (laughs) But we're going to do the Lord's Supper. It's in front of you. We're going to do it um, at the end. And the message today is going to be like a lead up to it. And here's what I want you to understand. And this is what I feel right now. The life that is now is not like the life we'll enjoy later. Can I say it again? The life that is now is not like the life that we'll enjoy later. And down here, we experience some hard things. I feel like I'm in the middle of it. And I know your stories, and I know some of you are in the middle of it too. This is not the end. Your pain and your struggle, they have an expiration date. All right, let's look at the text, Luke 6. Luke 6 is the calling of the disciples, and Jesus is telling them how to live in the Sermon on the Plain. But in chapter 6, you see in verse 12 through 16, the choosing of the 12. Did you, did you see that when Dane read it? Start in verse 12. It says, he went off to a mountain to pray, Spent the whole night in prayer. And when day came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also named apostles. Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, and on and on. The 12. Just like he picked 12 disciples, he picked uh, 12 tribes and now 12 disciples. And here's the deal. He's going to teach them on the front end on how it's going to be. And the teaching is something called the Sermon on the Plain. And the Sermon on the Plain that we're here in chapter 6, I think it's distinct from the Sermon on the Mount. I think it's two different sermons with some similarities and overlap, okay? Now, on the front end, he's going to tell them, the life that you have here is not like the life that you're going to have later. Here you'll have troubles and suffering, and later there will be a reward, Maybe when you first became a Christian, never, someone never told you how it was going to be. Maybe you thought it was all going to be easy. I don't know. I was excited when I became a Christian at 19. I was pumped up. No one told me, oh, by the way, for the next so-and-so years, it's going to be really hard. 
but you're going to have joy in Jesus, but it's not going to be the end. And you are to think about where you're going to be for eternity. And knowing where you're going to be for eternity is going to help you to endure the now. Does anybody feel like that? Like knowing where I'm going to go because Jesus saved me from my sins helps me to endure what I'm facing now. Anybody else? Yeah. Jesus is going to teach his disciples that on the front end of following him. And if you've never had any of this front end teaching, this basic teaching, well, here you go, all right? We're going to look at the Beatitudes and the Woeitudes. <laughs> the Beatitudes are the blessings that we have of following him. And the Woeitudes, well, not so much. So let's look at that, starting in verse 20. Let's start in verse 20. And turning his gaze toward his disciples, he began to say, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And he says, Blessed are you who hunger now. Now, how many of you grew up in churches that said, Jesus is addressing poor people? And poor people and hungry people have a special elevation of blessedness. Well, that's not what he's saying here because he's addressing the disciples. Did you see that? In verse 20, and turning his gaze toward his disciples. He's talking about followers of Jesus. And he says, blessed are you who are poor. And in contrast to the religious leaders, many of these disciples were poor. Well, there's also the pious poor, those in the world who don't have much, who believe in Jesus. They're also blessed. But how many of you know the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, blessed are you who are poor in spirit? That's on another level, right? So that could be talking about physical poverty, but it could be talking about this bankruptcy of without God, I have nothing. How many of you feel that right now in your life? You're like, without God, I have nothing. You are experiencing this bankruptcy that you can't even function in life unless God comes through. 13 years ago, I went to Ethiopia two times. We adopted our wonderful daughter from there. And in Ethiopia, I saw something I've not seen in any other parts of the world. People are just laying around on the side of the road. Like, just laying there with nothing. And one day we were driving, and I saw this man kind of like out there on the sidewalk, kind of away from everything, and he was totally naked, nothing. And, and, and I, at first, I start to panic for the guy. I'm like, where does he go? I mean, you're like, well, he could go to the shelter. No, there's no shelter. He could go to the, to the Salvation Army. No, 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 there's nothing. He, he has nothing. What's his next move? And it hit me. Spiritually speaking, that's me. That is me. Apart from Christ, I have nothing and am nothing. I have no next move. Blessed are the poor. It says, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That means, that means that they who have nothing 
live under the reign and rule of Christ now, which is not perfect because it's a now and a not yet. There's a fullness of the kingdom coming. But now we are totally, completely dependent upon the Lord and his reign in our life now. And the word says, you're blessed. Continue on. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. I think the hunger there could refer to physical hunger. The disciples, they left all. They're following Jesus. Maybe they are hungry now. Maybe this is talking about those who are poor, who follow Jesus. Yeah, maybe they are hungry now. But we know from the Sermon on the Mount, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Do you notice that the less and less you have, the more and more your desire for God's rule and his reign and his will to be done in your life grows and grows and grows? Blessed are those who hunger now, for they will be satisfied. Satisfied in God now, but we know satisfied for sure in eternity. Now let's move on to the next one. I'm hoping I can get through this one. Look at verse 21. Twenty-one B says, Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Some of you right now are in a season of mourning. You're following Christ. You're experiencing things you never thought you would experience as a believer, and you're weeping now. It says, You shall laugh. My brothers and sisters, there's things that I experience as a believer that I would never experience as an unbeliever. There are depths of pain and mourning that I experience as a follower of Jesus that if I wasn't a follower of Jesus, it just wouldn't hit the same because I wouldn't make choices that hurt. How many of you have made choices that were the right choices, but they hurt? Yeah. So it says, blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. So, I was in Chicago for a little over 24 hours this past week. And the reason why I was there was a lot of weeping. So, my youngest son, we adopted him when he was a baby. He's been with us for 12 years. Been part of this church for the last five and a half. I told my wife not to come today. <laughs> she wouldn't be able to handle this story. And I can't handle it either. After 12 years, we're in the midst right now of a restoration and reconciliation with the birth mom. And it's encouraging for him. It's encouraging for her. It's encouraging for my wife and I. But he's our son. We all, we've all, he's known. We're his parents. 
and it causes a lot of tears, as you can imagine. We're still involved in his life, still his parents. There's a restoration, a reconciliation going on now that is good. And I want to tell you this. If I was not a believer, this would not even be a thing. We would never have adopted him or, or any of our kids that are adopted. We wouldn't even be doing that. But we make decisions as believers and following Christ that we know are right. And a lot of them cause pain. And a lot of them cause weeping. But joy and laughter are coming. It's coming. And then we go to the next one. Luke 6, 22, and this, this one hits hard, just as hard. It says, blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven for in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. This is persecution because they are following Jesus. And if you feel like you've been kind of pushed against, you're in good company of those who've been scorned, insulted, ostracized, and worse. And you may set out to bring peace and things don't work out. You may set out to show mercy and be criticized. When we set out to follow Jesus in this fallen world, there'll be suffering. But I want you to notice here. It says, your reward will be great in heaven. You'll get your compensation in full in heaven. The life that is now it's not like the life that's going to be later. When we're in the presence of Jesus, he will be our reward. We will be with him forever. Once again, wish that I didn't have any personal stories to tell you. <laughs> I just love to be a preacher who can be detached and act like none of the word hits me. But it does. And it should. So I go from my youngest child to my oldest child, who many of you know is serving the Lord in a difficult place, and I've been interacting with him. <laughs> in my interactions with him, he's serving in a place that is the third most dangerous country in the top three, the most dangerous place for Christians to be on the entire earth. And as much as my concern and care are for him and his safety on a daily basis, think of how hard it is for believers living in those places who are from those places. Think about that. I mean, take the top three, top ten most dangerous places in the world to be for believers. And they're from there and they get converted and they're reading this passage. And Jesus says, your reward is coming. Hang in there. You're blessed when people ostracize you from your family, when men hate you and insult you and scorn your name for the son of man. And many of them 
face death and are receiving their reward. My brothers and sisters, the life you have now is not like the life you're going to have in the presence of Jesus forever. And these beatitudes are to keep us moving forward and following him. And I just want to touch briefly on these woeitudes. <laughs> you got to see them there. Verse 24. But woe to you who are rich, for you're receiving your comfort in full. Woe to you who are well fed. You see, there, there's, there's this correlation. First there was this poor, now the rich. First there was the hungry, now the well fed. It says you'll be hungry later. Remember we talked about those who are weeping. What about those who are leaping, who are laughing and living now? And he says, you're living it up now, but later you will weep. And what about those who are well spoken well of? Well, there's coming a time where they may be treated properly in this world, but in the future there is coming wrath in the presence of God. Separation in hell forever. It's not saying that rich people can't follow Jesus because rich people do follow Jesus. I'm not talking about this. These are people of the world who do not follow Jesus, who are living it up now, who are rich now, who are well-fed now, and the world goes, look at them. That's the way to live. And got the disciples hungry, poor, weeping, persecuted. And Jesus is like, look at them. That's the way to live. And their reward is coming in the future. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I, I'm a believer, I'm a pastor, but sometimes I, I get into that uh, Psalm 73 mode. The Psalm 73 is a guy who looked out and he saw the rich and he goes, man, they have it all. Th their life is amazing. But get this, that's just for a short time. That's just for a short time. They may reject Jesus and have all this abundance, but wrath is coming. And my brothers and sisters, for a short time, we experience weeping, pain, and sorrow, often associated with following Jesus, but the short time for eternity will experience the reward and the joy in his presence forever. Jesus is teaching his disciples on the front end that following him will not be easy on this earth. But there is joy and satisfaction in Christ now, but there is reward and joy and satisfaction in him forever. Which makes me think, which makes me think, we can endure just a little bit longer, right? We can do this by God's grace, the Holy Spirit. We can endure the pain a little bit longer, right? Because we know the joy, the satisfaction, the leaping, the laughing, it's coming. It's coming. When I, when I write a letter or an email, I, I like to sign it, looking toward home. And then my name. 
Because I want to be thinking about where are we going? Where are we going? We're going home. I went back to the airport in Chicago to fly back home here. I got to the airport at four o'clock, but I didn't end up flying out till midnight. Anybody has ever hung out at an airport or at the O'Hare airport? Oh my goodness. Delay after delay after delay. Get on the plane, get off the plane, switch gates, switch gates back. Maybe we'll have a plane for you. And I'm thinking, well, at least I'm going home. I keep on thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to be in bed in just a little bit. I can't wait to get home. So finally, we flew out around midnight, got into Little Rock around 1.30. I'm like, yes, I just want to get home. Lord, get me. I want to be home. So I'm driving down 30. What happens on 30 in the middle of the night? Construction. <laughs> Lord, I want to be home. And have to take all these back roads. I don't know where I'm at. Middle of the night, you know. Finally get home. Get in bed. It's around 3 o'clock. <laughs> you know that we can endure a lot of things in life because we have our eyes on home. We know we're going to get there. We know the reward's coming. And right now we may be taking a lot of back roads. You feel like you're stuck at some terminal, like you're never going to get out. My brothers and sisters, because of Christ, we will go home. Because the life that we have now is not like the life that we're going to have then in fullness of joy. So what I want to do is I want to ask the question, are you sure that you're going home? I didn't ask Are you sure that you're a member of a church? Or are you sure that you have a Bible? I didn't ask generically, are you sure if you believe in God? Are you sure you're going home to be with the Lord forever in heaven? Let me give you some hope real quick. You don't have to be a good person. In fact, you can't be a good person. This road to home is only for sinners. It's only for repentant sinners who put their faith in Jesus and find in him life and forgiveness. So this morning, I don't know if that's you or not, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I'm not going to have you walk an aisle. Right now, where you're at, you can put your faith in Jesus now. Trust him now to forgive your sins. Yes, even that sin and that sin and that sin. And you can believe in him today. And you know on the front end that getting home is going to be hard, but he who began a good work in you will finish it until the day of Christ Jesus. He'll take you home. What's really great for us is we can do things that can remind us that there is a destination. 
there is a home. And one of those things is, is by taking the Lord's Supper together. And you probably have this right in front of you in your pew. This is a memorial meal. And with this meal, get this, we remember Christ's death for us. And in this meal, get this, we proclaim his death until he comes again. So this meal is a reminder that should stir up a lot of things in us, like we remember his body and blood shed for, yeah, yeah, remember all that. But we keep proclaiming that until we're home with the Lord. And we'll keep doing this to proclaim his death until he either comes again or we're with him in his presence. But it's only a meal for believers. It makes zero sense to take this meal if you're not a believer. And this meal is also really controversial. I know we don't feel that way anymore, but think about it. We're talking about remembering someone being slaughtered on a cross, blood being spilled, and we're remembering that? Who does that? We do. Because in this meal reminds us of the one we have life in. And it's a meal he took with his disciples on the night he was betrayed. And he started by taking the bread, if you want to take the bread. And he said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat. And in the same way, he took the cup. And he said, drink and do this in remembrance of me. My brothers and sisters, the life we have now is not like the life we'll have later of the fullness of joy and reward in his presence. And until then, things are hard. But until then, we also can have joy in Jesus and we can worship. And so what we're going to do now in finishing off the service is we're going we're gonna to sing a song of worship to the Lord. And I, the ushers can go ahead and get ready for this morning's offering. We want to continue to give. And we give, get this, because we're storing up treasures in heaven, not on this earth. We're giving to the work of the kingdom.